welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. me a lot of the time in church when we come for church is the coordination of the spirit of God so I, I don't plan I don't plan the service I stopped planning the service some time ago um, there's a team of people that plan the service and they just tell me this is the time you're going to minister I give the direction for the month or the quarter Dr. K gives the direction for the year and I tell them this is what we're doing this season go and plan the service so when they came back to me and said this is what is going to happen in the service today and they're going to talk about gratitude I smiled because in my notes the first thing the first called love that we're dealing with is gratitude is gratitude. So, and I tell you that each service, when we come for church, each service is tailor-made, bespoke. It's tailor-made for you because God knows you will be here today. So, there's a lot that goes into planning a service. A lot of spiritual fine-tuning to know the direction that God would have it have us go. And that's why I know that it's not a mistake you're here today. It's not a mistake. I already sense in my heart some things that are going to happen in this service that will birth some things in some people's lives. That will birth some things. That will birth some things. Father, this moment is yours. Use it for your glory. Beyond the words that I would say, that life and spirit reach out to your people everywhere. Everyone present here and everyone listening online. Let there be an encounter indeed. I ask in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' precious name. Please have your seat. Welcome someone beside you to your left, to your right. Tell the person, welcome to church. Ask the person, how was your week? Admire what they're wearing. Say you look good. I like what you're wearing. After the service, can we exchange shoes? Can we exchange wristwatch? And I pity if you're sitting beside a lady and you want to exchange shoes. Glory to his name. May your kiss not be like James Brown. There's some confused human being in this world. Glory to God. If you don't know what James Brown is, don't worry. Just remain ignorant. It will help you, honestly. It will help you. You don't want to know. You just don't want to know. Glory to his name. So in this, this month, is, in the ministry, is a month of love. And then the Lord um, began to talk to me about love. And um, 
I asked him, what kind of love? Is it romantic love? He said, no. He said, it's the force of love. And he explained to me the action of love. So when we're doing the artwork, you know, when you mention love, can you put up the artwork? When you mention love, people just naturally would just go to romantic relationship kind of love. You know, so the guy who was doing the artwork, the moment we mentioned love, he just designed one boy and one girl in the thing. And I was, when they sent it to me, I said, no, this is not the picture. It is not romantic love. It is an action. It's the force called love. God had to explain to me to wash my mind. So let me to wash your own mind. All right? There's a force called love. It's the action of love. It's how love fuels us into action. The act of love. The action carried out by the effect of love. That's what we're going to be talking about throughout this month of June. So I want to encourage you, don't miss any of the service. This is part one. There are going to be four parts. And in each part, I'd like to talk about one or two of these actions as time would have it. And then we'll see where that goes. So love is a force and it compels us to take action. All right? These actions uh, that come as a result of the force of this love is what we'll be looking out throughout this month. So each, each week we'll examine one or two and then we'll trust God for grace to align us to move in the direction of the force of love. All right. So one thing we need to realize, first of all, is that God is the foundation of love. And love is the foundation of creation. And God is the first to demonstrate this love. All right. He's the first person. Um, my, my, my teaching today is just going to be very brief. I just want to lay a foundation. And then um, we're going to do something prophetically. And then we're also going to take the communion. Um, some of the things the Lord instructed me to do in this service as well. All right. So, um, God is the first person to demonstrate this love. He's the first demonstrator of this love. Uh, Romans 5 verse 8 says, But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we're still lost and ungodly. We're still lost and ungodly. That's Romans 5 8. That's the Passion Translation. All right, it says why the, the King James Version says, While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. All right, He died for us. All right, so today being the first Sunday in the month and our Thanksgiving and communion service, I just want to lay this foundation on uh, the crucial part and then talk about gratitude. Gratitude. All right, so love compels you to be grateful, it compels you, it's a force that moves you to be grateful. Is the force that moves you to be thankful. Is the force that moves you to gratitude. Alright? It compels us. It says, the love of God compels us. That's what scripture says. Alright? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us up tightly because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him. So it is the love of Christ that fuels our passion. So we have passion, but that passion did not come because we love him. The passion came because he loved us. Is someone getting that? All right. So the passion that you have, oh, I love the Lord. I just love the Lord. Oh, the Lord Jesus is my, uh, you know, there's this song they always sing then. 
Jesus is my boyfriend. You'll be shocked. It's nobody's boyfriend. But anyway, for the sake of illustration, Jesus is my boyfriend. I don't need any other person. And it comes from passion, all right? Right. So that passion is not really because you love God. And let me let me uh, make it very clear to you. It's difficult for the human um, mind or the human uh, man to actually love God. We don't have the capacity to love him. The love that we have for him is the love that he gave to us. You, you understand? So, it's, it's, you are giving, you are expressing the love for God that he gave to you. So, he first loved you, not that we loved him first. No. He first loved you and showed you love and then in return, you are giving that love to him. So is that love that fuels your passion. So if you are passionate about the things of God, passionate about church, passionate about um, many things, and then you're looking at other people who are not passionate about God, and you're wondering, why don't you study your Bible? Why don't you pray through two hours like I used to pray? Why don't you do this and do that? You don't come to church to serve and all that. No, 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 no. You are, you are judging because you think that you have love for God. Not knowing that the passion at which you are running is the love that he has showed you. So in return, when you show people the love of God, they also catch the passion. So rather than judge them, you show them love. When you introduce the love of God to them, they catch the passion that you have because they are not following you, they are following Jesus. They are seeing Christ through you, through your actions, through your deeds. So that way, they catch that fire, they catch that love, and then they are running because of the love of God that they've caught in their heart. So he says that love is what fuels our passion, and it holds us tightly because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. It says so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. That's the passion translation. They should no longer live self-absorbed lives. Self-absorbed. Oh, I serve my God my own way. I do my things my own way. I don't need to be in a group to serve God or a fellowship or a church. I can do it in my house. You know, self-absorbed. All right? But leave, but 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 leave self above lives, but leaves lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. And then he says, so in verse 16, he says, So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. So when I look at someone and I evaluate them by their outward appearance. It means that I have not received or shown the love of God. So it is the love of God that is compelling me not to look at people on the outward and evaluate them based on that. Say you, your face be like person with good teeth. I don't understand. How does someone who steals, how does the person's face look like? Sorry? <laughs> I don't understand. So as I look you, as I look you like this, you're going to do bad things. I don't understand. How does someone's face look like someone that does bad things? How? 
said so from now on. We refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. He said, for that's how we were once viewed. How we once viewed the anointed one. He said, so when we saw Jesus, that's how we viewed him. By the outward appearance. He said, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. So when you look at people and you judge them based on that their look, as they look you so like say you poor. Well, there's a way, but there are some people you'll be shocked. The guy will just come into your office with shorts and don't love slippers. I say, um, he won't even speak English. Yeah. They say now they said something here. Yeah. And then you will just say, Okay, answer me quick. I don't have time to waste. I have better customers to answer. Ha. Ha. Don't your neighbor say ha. You have lost it. Ha. Someone like uh, Bishop who's that like wearing shorts. He will just go now, sit down in your shop and just say, Okay, how much is this thing? And you just maybe you just say, Okay, it's ten thousand. Say, please, what did you say? Okay, I told you it's ten thousand. If you cannot buy, go. Don't your neighbor say, Ha. And if it's somebody like me, honestly, I will go. I won't buy. Why? Because you've judged me by just looking at me. Pastor Bolajido was saying in a meeting I went to one time. He said, after I finished preaching, someone just walked up to him in church. The guy was wearing shorts and slippers. The guy just said, oh, Pastor, you did a, that message was wonderful. Uh, please, I just want to sow a seed. So he just gave him a, an envelope, wide envelope, just dropped it and then left. So he looked at the guy. Last, last, 50k. Last, last. Someone say last, last. 50k. Because the thing was weighty. So he just thought, okay, maybe 100, 100, 1,000, right? Last, last, 50k. So he put the thing, just gave it to his PA. So put it in the car. So that one just dropped it in the car. So he was going home and then he, he, he just stopped to get something. Ah, he didn't see his wallet. Now I remember there was one envelope. So he now went, picked the envelope. He wanted to bring out like 5,000 to just pay for the thing. When he opened the thing, ah, he looked around. Hundred, hundred dollars. Hundred, hundred dollars. Up to almost like a hundred thousand dollars. I was like, ah. now he was trying to picture the person back. <laughs> trying to picture the person. Ah. And he said he never saw the guy again. Never. If he knew, if it was someone like Kola that came without his dressing now, he would expect that, oh, hey, as the guy did dress. It's not by their dressing, no. But check out your life. Sometimes God has brought certain things or people your way that don't look like it. But because we have judged by human insight, by human insight, we've missed out on the blessings of God. Why? Because the force of love was not pushing us. I'll tell you a story. And when I tell you that story, 
is going to lead us to the two things that we're going to do today. One of them is that you're going to be grateful to God with your offering. You're going to be grateful to him. I'm not telling you to, to put, you know, um, a pastor said one time that when you come to church and you tell people that, look, we're going to take five offerings, that 1,000 that they want to give, they will just break it into five. You have done it before. Don't be looking at me like you have done it before. You just go outside quickly. Okay, family changed. <laughs> just, you know. So, but you're going to give God a gratitude offering. A gratitude offering. And then a worship. And then we take the communion. There's some things God told me is going to happen in this service. So, let me tell you the story. In Luke chapter 7. From verse 36. I'm going to read the Passion Translation. Listen to me very carefully. And in, in, in my Bible, the, the header for that section is called extravagant worship. Luke 7 and verse 36. It says, afterwards, Simon, a Jewish religious leader, asked Jesus to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. When he went to Simon's home, he took his place at the table. In the neighborhood, verse 37, there was an immoral woman of the streets known to all to be a prostitute. That was the human insight that judged her. Known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard that Jesus was at Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader, and in front of all the guests, she knelt at the feet of Jesus. Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then, as an act of worship, she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume. When Simon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Simon here was judging Hoha. That look, if only you know what this woman has done. If only you know where she has been. I mean, people, people, you'll be amazed to know how many people don't show up in church on a Sunday morning because of what they did on Saturday. Or they did during the week. So, I'm not worthy to come before God. I was telling someone yesterday, I said, look, we come to be cleaned. As all of you are here now, you need deliverance. If I should just put it mildly like that. You don't come to God. You don't, I mean, you don't clean yourself to come to him. You 
come so that he will clean you. So why are you trying to clean yourself to come? I don't understand it. Church is a place to be cleaned. It's not where you clean to come. We come here with dirty clothes. Is someone hearing me? We come here to be cleaned. You and I, including me, the senior pastor, we come to be cleaned. We come to be purified. We come so that the blood will cleanse us. We come to be made whole. So you don't exempt yourself because you don't feel good. Say, ah, sorry, I can't be in church today. What happened? I'm not just feeling good. Ha! Where people that are not feeling good, this is where they come. People that are not okay, this is where they come. People that don't have it all together, this is where they come. So he said to this woman, ah, said to if he said in his heart that if this man was a true prophet, he will know that this woman is sinful. As I, I can imagine some people come to church and maybe they've done stuff that were not nice or good in the past of the week, and then you sit down with pastor, and pastor is talking to you, and in your mind they're just saying, Pastor know what I did. Even if Pastor knows what you did, it doesn't change anything. God already knows. God already knows. God already knows. But look at Jesus' response. So Jesus said, Simon, I have a word for you. He said, go ahead teacher, I want to hear it. He answered. He said, it's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other only owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they owed. He said, tell me Simon, which of the two debtors would be more thankful which one would love the banker most? Simon answered, I suppose it will be the one with the greater debt forgiven. You're right, Jesus agreed. Then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Still weeping. She brought her offering. She brought, and that's what God showed me. He said, you will bring your offering and you will come as you are and you will pour it before him. You pour it before in gratitude. She heard about Jesus. She had not, this was before Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven you. She heard about him. She put herself together, came with her offering, and poured herself before him. Expecting, expecting from the master expecting from the master he said do you see this woman kneeling here she's doing for me what you didn't bother to do when I entered your home as a guest you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair you didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting. 
But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. He said, but those who assume they have little to be thankful will love me very little. He said, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion. And it holds us tightly. It holds us tightly. And because of that, we no longer live self-absorbed lives. But our lives are poured out for him. Are poured out for him. You put together your offering. Let it be a thanksgiving offering. And say, God, like this woman, I've come to show you my gratitude. If you're giving online, no problem. They can put the details on the screen. And then we will take a moment to be grateful. With your offering in your hand, you will be grateful to him. I say, Lord, it's my thanksgiving seed. And I am grateful. And you remember the things that he's done for you. And like those people who shared their story, you remember the things that, the, where you are coming from. I believe that woman, all the tears that were running through her eyes, she was, uh, you know, remembering all that she has been through. And the Bible says she heard about Jesus. And that hearing made her say, you know what? If anybody can change my story, it's this man, it's this person. So I will go to him in anticipation and expect, expecting something to happen. And she worshipped and worshipped and worshipped and worshipped and worshipped. I'll give you time to worship. Whatever position you want to take. And pour your worship before him. In thanksgiving. Pour your worship before him. And say Lord. I remember. You've done for me. <laughs> your perfect sacrifice. And victory. I remember all you've done for me. Oh my God, I worship you today. I worship. I worship. I worship you. Proceeding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.